Hi there, church family. Uh, it's good to be with you today through the video. Um, hopefully you were here Sunday and able to be a part of our service. It was Mother's Day and uh, we were able to worship together. It was a good day together to be able to do that while it was nasty outside. <laughs> I had a cold, rainy day yesterday. Uh, but we got to the section of Ephesians, which <clears throat> I want to say it's the most popular passage in Ephesians, but I don't know because I think the uh, husband-wife thing might even be more popular. You hear that more in weddings and stuff right, like yeah, that. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's why I was kind of hesitant yeah, to say that. Right. But, um, uh, some of uh, the commentaries I was reading said this might be the second most quoted section of of, of uh, the Bible hmm. after John 3.16. Hmm. Like a lot of people know this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Right. They, they know at least that, yeah. a lot of people. Um, and that's where we found ourselves uh, this week in Ephesians 2. 8 through 10. And I did something a little different in this sermon, which might have been off-putting for people. It was off-putting for me, I know, but I wanted to do that on purpose. But I started by reading a big, huge list of commands that was given to us in the New Testament. And I did make a statement of how easy it was to find this list online. <laughs> During Easter, I was trying to find stuff on the resurrection in terms of our salvation, which was difficult to find which is crazy, but trying to find commands that we are supposed to obey in the New Testament was very easy to find. Popped right up, first right. search, right? <laughs> 1,050 commands to follow in the New Testament. Boom, here it is, printed out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of telling, I think. I don't need the resurrection, but I need these commands. I need these yeah. commands. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. yeah. Tell me what to do. Okay. I need to do, do. Yeah. Um, but I asked the question that the Westminster Catechism asks is its first question. What is the chief end of man? And the answer to that is man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. So then I think the fair question after that is, well, how do I do that? Yeah. And a lot of times what we go to is things I must do now to, to glorify him, mm -hmm. to honor him. And then... If we're being honest in reverse, things he must do for me to enjoy him forever. Mm. Right? We see kind of a balance there, I think. Yeah. That can be unhealthy. So that's where the command list came from. Like, a lot of people would go to that. Well, I should obey my parents. I should do this. I should do this. So it's like, well, let's see what the New Testament has to say mm -hmm. about commands. And so really my goal was when I felt uncomfortable in reading the commands to keep going. And so about halfway through, I felt very uncomfortable. I was... Sick of reading hmm. all these commands. We were sick of hearing them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kept going. And I kept thinking in my head, debating, like, you just skip the next page. And I was like, nope, I planned this. I'm going to do this. Just keep yeah, doing it. Yeah. But the purpose was, I wanted us to see the, the weight of it, the heaviness yeah. of it, and to yeah. understand... I can keep going. Like, right. I can keep reading the commands and the be nots and the be this and the thou shalt. I can keep doing this. <laughs> and if this, what it, if this is what it means to glorify God, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Like, that, that's where I wanted us to get. That's where yeah, right. I wanted us to be is to understand the first question in this catechism I can't even do. Like, I can memorize it, but I, mm -hmm. I can't glorify him and, and to be honest, I can't enjoy him with all these commands because it's too much. Like, I just, right. it's overwhelming mm -hmm. yep. to think about all the time, all these things that I have to, I have to do. And so the question becomes then, well, then what's the answer? Hmm. And that's the good news of the message, I think, that uh, we get to in Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, or really 4, verse 4 through 10 is we see these words pop up that if we grasp them and if we understand them, uh, 
it answers our question of how can I do this and how can I enjoy him and what has God done here? Mm. And the first word that gets brought up in verse 8 is the word um, grace. The word grace. Do you guys, what do you guys think is thought of today when the word grace is used in churches or just in normal conversation at times. Do you think it means the same thing that Paul's talking about here? Do you think it's been watered down? Do you think it's been elevated? What do you guys think, personally? This has kind of been something that I've wrestled with for a while, is like the the, the use of the word grace and then the use of the word mercy and how they relate to, to each other. Because I think sometimes when people use the word grace, they're actually using mercy. And most most often when I hear someone use grace, like they're like, okay, I'm going to have grace on you. And basically what they're saying is you, you probably have done something wrong, but I'm not going to punish you or you're not going to have the consequences for doing it. Mm-hmm. But that's really mercy, not getting the punishment that you deserve. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think the words are so tied together. We've been talking about yeah. this through some things that you just, it's its impossible to separate. Yeah. Really, it's hard to separate the two. Yeah, so so grace, to like when I'm thinking of it, is, is a free gift given. Mm-hmm. And mercy is the... the mercy could be the gift that putting is... Putting off of the punishment. Because yeah. people can earn my mercy. Sure. You could earn yeah. my mercy. Yeah. Like, you know, you've built up a lot of trust, and so you failed me. I'm going to give you mercy here because I think you've kind of earned it. But yeah. it could get to the point to where it's like, no more. And sure, so no yeah, grace yeah, yeah. really hasn't been a part of this mercy all along. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. been something different. Yeah, yeah and I think another word that maybe goes with those grace and mercy is merit. Like, am I earning the merit? Mm-hmm. Like what you just said, am I earning merit so that you give me mercy? Yeah, mm-hmm. But that, what we see in the gospel is that's not the case. Mm-hmm. In verse 8, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that God completely does through Jesus Christ. Yeah. He gives you grace by giving you mercy. Mm-hmm. Grace is the gift. Mercy is Him taking the punishment for you so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not of your own merit. Um, this is something that we we deal with. It's very hard for us to grasp the grace and the mercy because there's always a give and take here on earth for us. I don't think we can, uh, I'm generalizing here, but it's very hard for us to, to give something solely to give it and not expect something in return. Yeah. It's so foreign to us yeah. to see. I mean, even in <clears throat> even in church life where we're all supposed to be united under this grace and love each other yeah. in Christ and through Christ, we still see um, where we feel we have to earn it. I know mm-hmm. I feel it even as pastor. Like, I need to earn these people's love yeah. so that they know I love them. You know, and so yeah. now I'm going to strive yeah. to do more for them so I see, so that I can earn some stuff or even like, yeah. hey, I wasn't able to come to this thing, but I've been to like the past five. Can't you yeah. give me, like, right. I've earned this here. Sure. Uh-huh. When really that's not a part, not supposed to be a part yeah. of who we are as yeah. the body of Christ. Right. Yeah, and this is where one of like the Eastern, the Eastern ideas of karma comes in. To like, I'm going to do this, and maybe I'll get something in return. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's that's not that's not grace. Yeah. That's not <laughs> right. grace. No, right, 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 right. 
But we really, we really throw the word grace around. We sing about it. It's mm-hmm. in our songs. You know, yeah. it's in hymns yeah. all over the place. It's, on, it's in songs on the radio. You hear about yep. grace. Yep. But to me, it seems the way we act in our worship to God as individuals, but also uh, in, on Sunday mornings when we gather together, makes me wonder if we always fully grasp grace Mm -hmm. you know and again we're sinful and so we fall short and i know that this is part of what i'm talking about but if we really lived in light of god's grace every day when we woke up i think things would be Mm. a little different for for us even in approaching worship sometimes uh sometimes i hear people say this like i'm coming i'm coming to worship god so that he can bless me right and i I don't think that's the right way to come to worship Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Because we're we're not expected anything in return. Like he's already done everything for us. Yeah, he's done everything. Yeah, we're we're coming to worship out of response. Yeah, to what he's done for us. Yeah, and that's where it gets hard, right? When I talked about we're we're called to enjoy God forever. Ever. Well, the yeah. only way I can enjoy him is if, like you said, I come to church and he blesses me. He makes me feel good. <laughs> right now, I'm enjoying him, and yeah. that's just not that's not true. That, yeah. If that if that's what it means to enjoy him, then man. Out of the 52 services you come to in a year, maybe four or five of them you're really going to feel. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. Right. So yeah. that's a tough year. <laughs> right, right, right. No, and what you're talking about, too, is is coming to, to worship um, with uh, the idea of an if-then understanding of God's, yeah. if I do this, mm-hmm. then God will do this. But actually, yeah. grace says, because God has done this, therefore, yeah. Yeah. you have this. Yes. So this is going off track a little bit, but we do see passages in Scripture about obedience mm-hmm. and blessing. Sure. So how do we balance that maybe with this here? Right. I think the difference is, is um, we're hardwired with uh, the law. Mm-hmm. We're hardwired because we were made uh, originally in the garden with a an idea of we were made to to honor God and under a, a, a we were to obey His law, and um, we're hardwired with this. If I do this, then God will bless me because there was a contract made between God and Adam in the garden, and so we have that. Paul says that we have the work of the law written on our hearts, even if we've not been Jews mm-hmm. and, and heard the Bible. Everyone in this world has that that understanding, that bargaining idea, if I do this, then someone else should do this for me, written on their hearts. That's how we operate, the basis of merit, the basis of you do something for me because I am worthy of getting it done for Mm. me. Grace is totally different because grace looks at me. God God is gracious. God looks upon me. He doesn't find anything about any of us that's attractive. There's nothing in us that moves his affections towards us. Us, nothing in us that he is attracted to or looks to. Um, Luther had a distinction one time he wrote, and he said something basically like, "God's our love." I'm, for instance, I look at my wife and I love her because I like who she is. Now, there's parts of my wife, right, that like all of us, she's not perfect, but I look at my wife and I love her. And so I'm loving her because of who she is. But God doesn't look at us that way. Hmm. He, there's nothing that he looks at us and says, that's why I love them. His love makes us lovely. Hmm. Where we love things because they're lovely. Mm-hmm. God's love creates. It, 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 it's grace. Hmm. And that's what God's grace is. It looks at us despite our unworthiness and saves us anyway. Hmm. It's because he's just that good. And so whenever we come to worship, we don't come to worship anymore 
if I do this for God, therefore mm-hmm. we come to God because he has done this, because he's gracious <clears throat> and doesn't see anything in me worthy, but he loves me anyway, mm-hmm. therefore I love him in response. Um, it just frees us. So what do you say then, though, about the passages that talk about, about obedience? Like, obey, right. obey and you will be blessed. Yeah, what, do you, right. what is, what is yeah, being talked about I think about the there? reality is, again, is there's a difference between do in order to live. That's the law. Mm. Do this in order to earn life. The gospel says you've been raised with Christ to new life. Therefore, walk this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally different. Yeah. One, you're trying to earn mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. The other, life has been given and now you live the results mm-hmm. and the consequences of that life. Yeah. That's yeah. the gospel. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm just thinking of the wordage here. Uh, us living obedient are not things that we have to do. They're things that we get to do, you know? And just going off what mm-hmm. you said, if there were things that we had to do, then 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 it's it's based on merit. Like, I put sure. the coin in the machine. Sure. I, you know, I do the work right. putting the coin in the machine, and it gives me something. Sure. Apart, opposed to... Um, you know, I I love my wife, and I love loving my wife. Sure. Well, or or like, I'm already God's child. Yeah. I'm not doing this in order to become His child. I'm yeah. His child, and therefore, Jesus. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what Paul's going to go to in Ephesians. <clears throat> therefore, as beloved children, mm-hmm. imitate God. Be yeah. imitators of God. You're already His children. Yeah. Don't act like it. Yeah. And that's what God's saying. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we have a two month year old. Two month year old. Two month year any any sense. <laughs> <laughs> we have a two month old and it doesn't matter if he if he poops his diaper or if he's crying, like I love him. Right. And I, and I and I care for him and I want to do all the things. Sure. To, good. You know, to make him. You're better than me. I didn't like my kids until they were <laughs> one or two. <laughs> Man, just don't bring them here right now. Um, they can play a little. They can play a little. And then Get they started away. talking. Get out of the way, kid. <laughs> and then they started talking, and now you just yeah, want them to shut up. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I would go. I mean, to answer that question about like obedience and stuff, I, I would tend to go kind of to the question that the catechism asked. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And I think we have this misunderstanding of that, that actually what is best for us is to glorify God and everything and enjoy Him forever. And yeah, so yeah. as we obey the things He asks us to do and calls us to do as Christians, the, the power that He gives us actually to accomplish tasks in His kingdom, mm-hmm. um, from what you might see as the smallest task to the biggest task. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm just called, you're going to be a faithful church member where you live, doing the things you do. You might have a family, you might not. But what I have found is as I honor God and obey Him, I am more blessed because I'm actually fulfilling what I've been made to do, mm-hmm. more so than when I try to achieve the things that I want to do. And so yeah. this idea of blessing being money, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, fame, whatever it might be, is, isn't true. And so that's where you can see the Christian who's getting martyred mm-hmm. seems to have all this joy and mm-hmm. peace as they've been mm-hmm. faithful to God, He is blessing them because, as Paul would say, they know Him more. And yeah. because of that, their hope is filled. Their hope is full. They, they understand this hope. And so, um, yeah, so it's not, it's not a uh, contradiction to yeah. say, yeah. obey my commands and you will be blessed, verse grace. They're not two separate things, right. which I think sometimes people get lost. Yeah, they pit them against they each other. They pit them against yeah. each yeah. other. It's a both and. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. one of the things about the law gospel distinction, again, it's helpful, is that 
everything that God requires of, of us, He gives. So, yes, God requires of me to mm-hmm. honor and glorify Him and enjoy Him, but I can't do that. Right. So God mm-hmm. gives that to me. That's exactly what verse 10 says. Jesus, that God has created the works for us even. Yeah. He's created them for us that we should walk in them. So God prepares them mm-hmm. for us. We walk in them. So he, he enabled, and you pointed out that verse from uh, Philippians. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It is God who works in you. So we mm-hmm. do them, but we do them yeah, work because out your salvation God does with it. fear and trembling. Yeah. Wow. Right. Because God has done right. So God's working in you, therefore <laughs> work it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, you're, what you said was my whole point of the message, honestly, Sunday, and where I was trying to get. Reading all these commands... But getting to the point of understanding grace, faith, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. we'll talk about a little more faith. But then it gets to verse 10 saying, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so mm-hmm. all that stuff that I read at the beginning wasn't for nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't me saying, let's throw all this away now because grace is here. Mm-hmm. No, actually, we can do this and we have the privilege of being able to fulfill these commands. Again, not perfectly mm-hmm. because yeah. we still sin. We still have this taint of sin in our life. But we have the ability. Why? Because we're His workmanship now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are new. We yeah. are a new creation. Yeah. So that's why I, I mm-hmm. read the section in Corinthians but on being a new creation and mm-hmm. what that means. I am a new creation, actually able now to do this. Where at the beginning of the sermon it was, I can't do this. This is impossible. Yep, sure. I see after verse 10, wait, this is doable because He has done it for me. Yeah. And now I get to live in light of this. Yep. And I actually now get to glorify God forever and enjoy Him forever not based on me, but based on the fact that I'm a new creation in Him. He's right. created this for me to be this, to do this, and I get to live in this blessing now sure. yeah. the rest of my yeah. life. Tim in Adam could not do these things. Mm-hmm. Tim in Christ can begin yes. to do these things mm-hmm. in yes. this life and will fully yeah. be conformed to them in the that's next. Right. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's the beauty of this of this section yeah. here, yeah. right, is yep. you see the grace, you see the faith, but you see the work, too, that we get to be yeah. a part of. And it's all Him. He's done all of this yep. um, for us. And yeah. it's such good news. Yeah, I quote this verse a lot, but in Ezekiel says this, <clears throat> Ezekiel 36, I think it's verse 27 or 20, 26 through 28. Mm-hmm. Um, he will... Uh, remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh and cause you to walk in, walk mm-hmm. in my statutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, no, to obey my... You yeah. said you quote it all the time. Yep, I do. <laughs> I do. I, apparently, I don't do it right. He also says you'll sprinkle clean water on you. Yeah, well, that's earlier. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's like which verse is the, which 25. is where it seems like that's where uh, yeah. John John is getting it from John three. Yeah, Jesus says mm-hmm. you must be born again of water yeah. and the Spirit. But that wasn't one of the reasons that we sang one of the songs, or that was my reasoning in picking one of the songs that we sang yesterday. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Um. The, the chorus to the first verse says, To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. So everything that I'm doing, I'm doing, yeah, sure, I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it's through Christ in me. Right, right, yeah. right. Think about the message of the world, I mean, to our kids and everything, is you need to find who you are. You need to find your place, right? You need to find these things mm-hmm. and, and, and this message to to look within yeah. all the time. And the strength of you is within. And you need to find this. You need to find this inner mm-hmm. power, right? You need to find this mm-hmm. stuff. And people will say, for some, the inner power might be God. For some, the inner power mm-hmm. might be this or that. But whatever it is, you got to find you. You know, you got to find who you are. 
And it's funny because scripture speaks so differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it was a few years back we did this at youth camp, uh, and the the theme kind of was who are you? Mm. And we use this section of Ephesians two, of trying to help us see that as believers, we know exactly who we are. And it's not because it's not us. It's not yeah. us and who we are. We are in Christ. Yep. We are His workmanship. We are yep. a new creation. Yep. And sadly, the world is going a different route. You know, they're trying to find life in death. And it's like, if you look within you, there's just death. There's just misery. There's just destruction. There's nothing there. There's an evil, rotten heart because of sin. That's what Jesus taught. Yeah, right? I know. And, <laughs> yeah, but, out of the heart. But yet, that is what we are teaching, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in our in our time. Yeah. This stuff, and it's sad because it goes so contrary yeah. to what Scripture teaches of saying you need to be willing to die. To mm. die to self, mm. right, and be raised with and be raised with Christ, and the answer is right there. Well, um, mm. we kind of jumped ahead, which which is fine. But uh, so it said, "Grace, you're saved by." I want to read it exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> no, too many different translations. Yeah, for by grace you have been saved through faith, through faith, um, and so faith is a very important word. I think you guys would agree. Mm-hmm. It's an important word that we need to understand mm-hmm. um, and that we need to to grasp. I really liked Boyce's three misunderstandings of yeah. faith. The subjective feelings, just like a gut feeling. Credulity, which is a willing to believe anything regardless of evidence. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, which sadly is sometimes taught in the church, yeah. I would say, because we talk about this faith like a child and we treat that to mean dumb. Right. right. Just take that leap of faith. Yeah, just, yeah. just yeah. blindly follow this yeah, right. here. And yeah. um, I think a lot of people have done that. They've mm-hmm. walked aisles blindly, mm-hmm. dumbly, made decisions, mm-hmm. and then later learned some things and were like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't think I yeah, agree with sure. I don't think I agree with this. And then mm-hmm. they disappear, right, right. forever. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that that's a tough one, I think. And then optimism. If we believe in ourselves, kind of what we were just talking about mm-hmm. with the world, yeah. you know, yeah. if you believe it, you can achieve it, you mm-hmm. know, and that stuff is taught and it's just like, no, you're 410, like you're never going to be a world-class basketball player or <laughs> a jumper. So like, you're a little too small. Yeah, but if I believe it, no, well, you can keep believing all you want, like it's not going to happen, you know. Um, but but we do see this type of faith even permeate the church at times. And so then Spurgeon talked about three elements of yeah. faith that are very important. Knowledge, That's belief, good. and trust. And if any of those aspects of faith we could hold on to and claim credit for, it would be the first one, knowledge, hmm. I would say. And what I mean by that is by reading by trying to study, by trying to learn, is yeah. an active thing on mm-hmm. our part. Yeah. But Scripture even speaks of this side as God's work, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, the eyes of your heart have to be opened uh-huh. by the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. right? And so, but that's what goes to the belief and the trust part. Yeah. We cannot believe on our own. We cannot trust on our own. It's something that God has to work in us to open our eyes to that truth to see, I do believe this. Like I'm starting, and it might take years sometimes, I think, for people for this to happen. Like I'm actually starting to believe this. I'm starting mm-hmm. to believe that <laughs> this stuff about Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to believe that God actually does love me, mm-hmm. that God does care about me, um, which then develops into a trust, a trust, yeah, a full trust, mm-hmm. uh, an unfailing trust of, you know, 
of my life is in your hand. I'm, you know, I need to be a new creation. I, yeah. I need all this stuff. And so I fully believe that this can be done in Christ and, and through Christ. Um, there's a lot to say about faith. We talked about it some before mm-hmm. we started our, our mm-hmm. video. Um, Spencer, is there anything when you think about faith of how it can be misunderstood mm-hmm. that's important maybe to clear up? Is there something that you would like to, you know, just really emphasize um, in that area? Yeah, I think I think it is true that a lot of people have this mistaken notion that I don't have to fulfill all those commands you listed. Um, but the one thing I get to do or have to do is believe. Huh. And so instead of having all these commands, I've only got one now to do. And so they, they actually can inadvertently make faith a work. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. interesting because Paul explicitly right after says, not of works. Yeah. <laughs> and also this is not anything that you can boast in, yeah. that you earned this. Faith mm-hmm. is, I like what you pointed out, faith, this is what we would call the instrument. It's the means by which Christ, because this is the question, how does Jesus and what he did and all the benefits that he offers to me, how does it get to me? Mm-hmm. And of course, we have the means of, we, we theologians sometimes will talk about the means of grace, the means yeah. by which, that's preaching of the word, mm-hmm. baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are the means by which God has said, I'm going to bring Christ mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit's power to sinners, mm-hmm. create faith in our hearts, and then preserve us in that faith and confirm us in that faith. So faith is not the one thing I have to do. It's really God in Christ reaching down and saving me. Mm-hmm. And also notice, by the way, he says you have been saved. Yeah. It's passive. Mm-hmm. You are saved. You don't save yourself by your faith. Faith is simply receiving the empty mm-hmm. gift. It's not people will start thinking, well, I got to strain up to reach mm-hmm. up and grab God by faith. Faith is just me staying down here and just receiving the gift of Jesus Christ that God puts in my hand. Yeah. Whenever you preach the word, God is putting mm-hmm. Jesus Christ in our hands. Mm-hmm. As and that beggars. passage proves that right after because it says right. it's not of works. No, no yeah. one can boast so of So even faith is part of that. It's right? by faith, grace. It's, it's not of works. <coughs> All this grace, right. Right. salvation, yeah. faith. Yep. That's exactly right. So it's, it's, right. it's not so much my faith in Christ that saves, it's Christ that saves me through faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon used the aqueducts as a Yeah, as that's a, a great thing, example you know, of, the, like, of an instrument. You get in the water there, right? But right. You're not the fountainhead. You're not right. the you're not the water. Right. You're not any of this. Right. You know, and, right. and that that was that was good. I, right. That's why I read it. Because we curve back in on ourselves again. Mm-hmm. How am I doing mm-hmm. today in my faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of faith because yeah. faith can't exist apart from an object. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all struggle with this. I, I don't want to make light of it, but no. we all we all struggle with this idea where we start to fall into trusting in our faith more than in what scripture tells us about Christ, which is cemented and finished mm-hmm. and firm. Where we do have bad weeks, maybe in our faith, you know, of, of obeying the commands that were yeah. read, and so we start to think I'm less of a Christian today, or maybe we don't word it that way, but we feel bad about mm-hmm. ourselves. We feel more unworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, every time we walk into the sanctuary as Christians, we are worthy to worship because we are in Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there is a good balance. I think I had somebody ask me this not too long ago about. Um, struggling with feeling guilt and shame still as a Christian. But I think that is a good thing, but we shouldn't be weighed down by it and held paralyzed by it because we understand Christ has removed our guilt and shame. But we still have sin in our life. We still sin. And so Mm -hmm. there's this daily going back to him for repentance. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to walk uh, 
one of our kids through the Lord's Prayer to get mm -hmm. them to memorize that. And in mm -hmm. the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our sins. Yeah. Every daily. Yeah. Forgive so, us our sins. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, we we're saying that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a one-time thing. We're yeah. always saying, forgive us of our sins. Mm -hmm. Well, then does that negate grace? Does that negate oh. our salvation Oof. is complete? No, 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 no. Hmm. It's, I understand still that God has poured his grace into me. I understand mm -hmm. all these things, right? And so I believe in him. I trust him. I know I'm his but yet I still fail at times. I still I want to honor him. I want to glorify him, and yet I fail him. And so the loving thing, this is the great thing about God being a good father to us, is he draws us back to himself to where we say, forgive me of this, but mm -hmm. then we realize you have. Like right. you have. You actually yeah. already have. Yeah. And it, I get to come and cling back to you. Right. Yep. Right. And be brought into your chest. And you love me and right. you care for me. And I get to do that every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Yep. And so there is some shame. There is some mm -hmm. guilt. But there has to be a notion of, but I don't walk in that anymore. Right. Well, and that's mm -hmm. the key is whenever you are laid down with sin and guilt, the temptation that Satan wants us to believe is to despair yeah. or to right. cover it up mm -hmm. yeah. or to act like no one else understands this. So I'm going to try to hide as if this didn't happen. Yep. Or we might become prideful and think it's okay. Yeah. All of those things are not bringing us to Christ. Mm -hmm. So every time we sin or Satan tempts us, one of the things Luther would say, too, he, he, he had personal conflicts with the devil. And um, he would say, you know, whenever Satan comes and tempts him, he just says, because, you, you know, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. Luther would just say, well, that's good because Jesus died for sinners. Mm -hmm. Jesus did it all. Mm -hmm. Turn those, temp those, those, those temptations to doubt and despair into going right back to Christ because mm -hmm. yeah. he's sufficient to meet every single one of those needs. Absolutely. And he does mm -hmm. it all. And like you said about the Lord's Prayer, I love that because and when I read the Psalms, one of the things that's really helpful is because I'll feel like, I need to feel pardoned for these, or I need to you know, forgive us of our sins. God tells us to pray that prayer because he says, I'm always going to answer it. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You, can, you may pray all these other things that you may want, but if you ask for the forgiveness of sins from me and you're asking it by faith, I'll answer it every single time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Pray that's these things. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. It's right? an awesome yeah. thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. Mm. This really is a rich passage, you know, uh, in Ephesians, Ephesians 2. And Ephesians will continue on with a lot of good things, but we are going to get to a point in Ephesians pretty soon where we start getting commands. We start mm -hmm. getting things to do. Yep. Some of those commands I listed in my reading mm -hmm. were in Ephesians. And and so having a really clear understanding of how to balance this is important. And that's why I think Paul in the very first section is dealing with all of this stuff. It's like He's reminding the church, remember, this is who you once were. Mm -hmm. You're not anymore. This is what God has done for you. Now, and then we'll get to now because of this things mm -hmm. live this way, yeah. right? We live this way because of everything that has done, mm -hmm. uh, that has been done. Mm -hmm. And so it really is refreshing, and I hope it's been refreshing for you as you listen to the messages to see this grace, this faith. It's hard to get away from it, honestly. Like I think about other sermon series that we could be doing. You know, people talk about you should do stuff on stewardship, or you should do stuff on. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is, family, stuff on the family. Nephilim. <laughs> That's Matt. Matt will preach. Oh, my gosh. The stuff on all these different things, which I think have their place, and we're going to get to some of that in Ephesians. But The Nephilim is not in Ephesians. No. It's hard to not be enamored by the whole faith grace thing. Right. And, and to really think, what should our people hear today? 
Oh man, let's tell them more about faith and grace. Like every week, it's almost like it's almost like that's what the apostles did. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I don't know. Let's that's tell them about this again. <laughs> and, you know, you see people walk in with their heads down, kind of like Romans talks about their their arms dangling and they're weak in the knees. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's going to strengthen that mm-hmm. is to understand this truth. Yeah. It's like if you keep doing this on your own, you, your knees are going to break. Yeah. Well, and also, the Christian life is one of, really, the whole Christian life is just one of death and resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> God has determined to crucify us with Christ. Mm-hmm. You are going to experience that. Mm-hmm. That's what you signed up for mm-hmm. whenever you became a believer in Jesus. You came, you signed up. To suffer yeah. and to die. He died on the cross and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was perfect. And if we're in him now, out of the old Adam in the new, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, is the resurrection also is active at the same time, yeah. raising the new man to yeah. life. And, and, and ultimately, we'll experience the culmination of that. So I think, you know, that's one of the things whenever you come and preach to us every Sunday, mm-hmm. it's okay to come in a sense. It's okay to come as a sinner and as a weak because the gospel meets every single one of our needs. Right. Um, the gospel, I, one of the things I think about, I've thought about recently is sometimes, you know, we come to church and people wonder, you know, am I, have I done too much? Am I too far gone for Christ to forgive me or for um, God to save me? And I have, I don't know why, the image of, you know, whenever you have a shovel, and especially sometimes if you're on pavement and you're shoveling dirt or something, and then at the very end, you get to the bottom and it starts scraping the asphalt or the cement. God's grace doesn't simply take off the top layer. It scrapes and scrapes. And you can hear the grinding sound because that's what God's grace does. Mm-hmm. It goes and scoops it all mm-hmm. and gets to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And, it, and God is not afraid to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. That's why he sent his son to bleed and sweat and mm-hmm. die and moan for our sakes. Mm-hmm. And so... He was going down to the bottom and scraping us up so that we could be raised with him. Yeah. And so it just, mm. you've got everything you need. It's a gift now. And so mm. come and hear it. It's okay. Right, right. Because you're going to leave mm. hearing about the one who's done it for us. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Well, let's wrap it up there. Um, I hope that you continue to study Ephesians. Uh, you know, we'll be looking at verses 11 through like 13, I think, this week together or 14? 13. 13. 13. 13. You're 13. You preach the next week, yeah, 14 to 16. Uh, So read ahead and be ready for Sunday. We look forward to seeing you, Lord willing, and hope you have a blessed week.